Around 8.30 on Saturday morning of Labor Day weekend 2009, while most Orange County residents began to prepare for their end-of-summer barbecues or started packing up their cars for a day at the beach, John Ring, an employee of Pasternak Enterprises, an electronic supplier in Irvine, California, pulled into his office parking lot located in a commercial area a few miles away from John Wayne Airport. According to reporting in the Orange County Register by Sean Emery, the vice president of sales and marketing made his way to his office over the holiday weekend to get caught up on some work. However, his workday was cut short when upon entering the parking lot, he made a gruesome discovery. There laying in an otherwise empty parking lot was the burned body of a young woman laying face down in the fetal position on the pavement. In shock, Ring drove past the burned body to a parking spot a few spaces away where he dialed 911. When investigators and personnel from Irvine's police and fire departments arrived, they found the body of a woman, early 20s, black, about 6 feet tall and 150 pounds, a single piercing in each ear. Her face was bloody and bruised, her left eye was swollen, and her tongue was protruding from her mouth. When interviewed by the OC Register, Orange County Fire Authority investigator John Abel concluded that she had been set on fire in the parking lot in the same curled-up position she'd been found. Based on the damage to her body and clothes, Abel believed less than a gallon of gasoline was used to set her ablaze, and the fire eventually burned itself out. The blaze was most likely ignited by a discarded blue lighter that was found near the body. Authorities summarized that the woman was most likely dumped in the parking lot sometime after 11 p.m. when the office's cleaning crew left the building, approximately 10 hours before Ring drove up. For hours, she laid there abandoned and burned, discarded like a piece of trash. Luckily, John Ring went into the office on Saturday. Otherwise, she may not have been discovered until Tuesday morning when most employees would have returned to work from the long holiday weekend. This hopefully preserved what little evidence remained. That day, investigators were able to collect what was left of the woman's outfit, a pair of multicolored animal print shorts, a black top, and a pair of six-inch black high heels. At the scene, there was no phone, no wallet, no ID, no jewelry, and no identifiable marks, scars, or tattoos due to the badly burned body. Nothing that helped investigators at the time to make a positive identification of who this woman or girl in the parking lot was. Not only did investigators have to set out to identify their Jane Doe, but they also began the search to find out who did this to her. In most murders, the victim is known to police, but the perpetrator is not. But in this case, both victim and perpetrator were unknown to investigators complicating their investigation further. Irvine Police Detective Vicki Hurtado was the lead investigator on the case. She later explained that because they did not have an address for the victim, they started by visiting around 15 hotels and motels in the area, in cities such as Santa Ana and Irvine. Police then began the tedious process of looking at video taken from half a dozen businesses, watching around 100 hours of cars pulling into parking lots, people signing documents and walking through hotel and motel lobbies, trying to see if they could get a glimpse of their Jane Doe, or even the person who did this to her. 
After a few days, the hotel queries eventually came up empty, and police then had to expand their search to gas stations and local hospitals. As less than half a gallon of gasoline had been poured on the victim prior to her body being burned, they figured that the perpetrator may have purchased the gas and taken it away in a can or some other bottle. At the hospital, they made inquiries to see if anybody had shown up in an emergency room with burns on their hands or body. However, those questions also led them nowhere. Next, the Irvine police printed and distributed flyers about the woman found in the parking lot. They handed them out at medical and social service agencies, at child protection units, and mental health offices. They took their message to other police departments and eventually to the Center for Missing and Exploited Children. But no one knew who she was and no one came forward claiming to recognize her. On day one, I'm sure the Irvine Police Department was hopeful that they would be able to identify the burned woman in the parking lot. But here we are, 4,383 days later, and she is still not identified. When Irvine Police Department investigators started looking into who Jane Doe could be, one of the first things they gleaned from her fingerprints is that she had never been arrested. According to reporting in the OC Register, technicians at the Orange County Crime Lab sent the woman's DNA and fingerprints to the state and federal databases, but the samples did not match anything in those systems, meaning the woman in the parking lot had never been a criminal suspect or perpetrator, or before her death, a victim. The next important fact investigators learned about Irvine Jane is that she grew up without dental care. Crime lab techs hoped to find evidence of dental work that they could trace to a particular dentist or billing record, but it appeared she had never had any dental work, and her dental x-rays did not match any in the Department of Justice database. Her teeth were another dead end. With no hits on the woman's fingerprints or teeth, the investigators turned their focus to the one piece of evidence left, the woman's clothes, specifically the pair of glazed high heels size 10 that she was wearing. According to Irvine police investigator Hurtado, the shoes were really the only item of clothing that had a full label that we could identify. Detectives looked up the shoe manufacturers, they traced the shoe retailers, and once again, they talked to every store owner and sales associate who might have sold a pair of size 10 heels to a six-foot-tall woman, but no one they talked to remembered anyone fitting the description of the victim buying a pair of shoes. The investigators also contacted online retailers to see if they had sent any size 10s to anyone who matched a description of the victim. Again, no luck. They then took the unusual step of turning the shoes into the subject of a media campaign. Within weeks after the body was found, a picture of a pair of size 10 glaze high heels, black with metal zippers in the front, manufactured by Elegance Enterprise, plus a police sketch of the woman and contact information for the Irvine police appeared on TV news, in newspapers, and online. According to investigators, this push resulted in several tips but no solid leads. There is incredibly little information regarding any further information or leads that were tracked down by investigators in their search to identify the woman in the parking lot. There is very little that we know for certain about Irvine Jane Doe, aside from how she died and a few of her physical characteristics. What we do know, she was a black female, she had brown eyes, and she had short black curly hair at the time of her death, 
that was approximately three inches in length. She had a single ear piercing in each ear. However, she was not found to be wearing any earrings or any other jewelry at the time of her death. The coroner also noted that she had no other body piercings or tattoos. She was 152 pounds at the time of her death, and her body was described as slender. She was found wearing multicolor animal print shorts and a black blouse. She was wearing 6-inch size 10 black high heels manufactured by the brand Glaze. Based on the lack of dental records and analysis of her teeth, it was determined that she had not received any dental care. She had traces of marijuana in her system at the time of her death. Her fingerprints were not in any police databases, indicating that she had not been arrested prior to her death. We know that the Irvine police do have a DNA sample for Irvine Jane Doe, and that approximately 55 or so women and girls have been ruled out as her potential match. The last fact that we know about Irvine Jane Doe is one that I think may be most helpful in possibly identifying her. The coroner lists her height as around six feet tall. The average height for a black woman in America is five foot four, making her height well above the average norm. When wearing heels, she would have been around six foot six tall and would have literally stood out. For reference, while wearing her heels, she would have been the same height as basketball players Michael Jordan and Kobe Bryant. However, no one at local businesses or hotels remembered her. This fact alone baffles me. Based on the 2010 census, Black people comprise just 1.5% of the population of Orange County. One would think that a Black woman, especially a Black woman who stood between 6 foot and 6 foot 6, depending on what shoes she was wearing, would have definitely stood out or have been memorable to people in Orange County. Yet not one person came forward saying that they remembered her or that she possibly resembled someone they had seen before. Based on some of these facts, we may be also able to make some speculations about her. We don't know for a fact how old she was. The coroner's report lists her age between the ages of 13 and 16 years old. I personally assume she would have been between the ages of 16 and 20 years old due to the fact that it gets harder and harder as an adult to function without leaving behind some sort of paper trail, a bank account, a job, an apartment, taxes, jury summons, it's almost impossible these days to function as an adult in society and be able to disappear without someone coming to look for you. This is what makes me assume that she may have been newly an adult or even a teenager at the time of her death. While we don't know for certain that she was involved in prostitution, it can be assumed based on the circumstances of her death and the subsequent statements made by her murderers at their trials. How long she was involved in prostitution is truly unknown. Personally, I would speculate that she may have been newer to prostitution. There are a few reasons that make me come to this conclusion. First being, most prostitutes working in area know each other. And if one of their own went missing, they would have been on high alert. However, reports do not specifically notate if investigators tried talking to other local prostitutes or if anyone came forward to raise alarm bells. Secondly, it is fairly rare for prostitutes not to have any tattoos. Many who work with a pimp will have a tattoo on their body that acts as a brand to their pimp. However, this fact alone is not enough to say that she was new to prostitution, just an oddity to note. 
While not completely rare, even in 2009, it was fairly uncommon for a girl to work the street by herself without a pimp or without someone watching her back. Prostitutes are known to work in pairs or have a pimp watching them due to safety concerns. This may show how naive Irvine Jane Doe was and show a general lack of experience when it comes to prostitution. Additionally, in 2009, many women who worked in prostitution and sex work would make online postings on forums such as Backpage or Craigslist rather than working the streets. Again, working the streets rather than doing online postings shows a general inexperience regarding the state of prostitution in the late 2000s. Lastly, she did not have an arrest record, not for prostitution or any other infractions. This is also fairly rare for a woman who has been involved in prostitution for any period of time. Even if they are not arrested on prostitution charges, it is common for them to get picked up on lesser charges. At this point, it may be helpful to notate some of my background that allows me to make some of these assumptions regarding prostitution. From 2014 to 2017, I worked at a shelter for teenagers involved in prostitution. While there, I was required to work our 24-7 hotline, where we rescued teens and adults from their pimps or johns and transported them to our shelter or another shelter to get out of dangerous situations. Our general intake questionnaires for hotline callers and shelter residents included questions regarding tattoos, where they worked and how they advertised, how long they had been involved in prostitution, and any arrest records. Knowledge gained from this work experience, albeit a few years after this murder occurred, allows me to make some educated assumptions about Irvine Jane Doe's experience with prostitution. We do know that she did not have any dental records, meaning that she had never received any dental care. Based on this, we could speculate that she possibly came from a lower-income background, where it's more common for children to go without receiving proper dental care or possibly that she was even from a foreign country. While I hate to make assumptions about people, especially women, based on the clothes they wear, we have so little to go off of that there are some assumptions that have to or can be made based on her clothing that she was wearing. Investigators did a media push regarding the shoes she was wearing, as it was the only clothing item that had an identifiable tag that could be seen after the fire. The size 10 glaze brand high heel shoes with zippers and straps on the front were shown on TV stations throughout Southern California in hopes that a retailer would be able to recognize the shoes as ones that they sold and would also hopefully remember selling a pair to a six foot tall black woman. However, this push did not yield any results. A quick Google search of Glaze brand shoes in 2021 shows that they are a wholesale shoe supplier who provides affordable shoes to discount stores. We can assume that they also provided shoes to discount clothing stores in 2009 as well. Important to note is that investigators noted that the shoes looked like they were in new condition or had hardly been worn prior to her death. Based on this, it could be assumed that she recently purchased some or all of her clothing at a discount store prior to her death. Regarding her clothing, there also seems to be some discrepancies regarding what she was wearing. Some reports notate that she was wearing a black skirt over the multicolor animal print shorts, while others neglect the skirt and only mention the shorts. Some reports also notate a burned bra, 
but provide no further details on the color, size, or brand of the bra. However, based on some statements by investigators, it seems that the bra was burned so severely that those details could not be provided. We can also assume that she may have been a runaway or even possibly had strained family relations. Since no families with missing children fitting Irvine Jane Doe's description have come forward or have been matched, it could possibly be assumed that she cut off relationships with her family prior to her death, meaning no one was immediately looking for her or became worried when they did not hear from her. Another possibility is that any immediate family members could have preceded her in death. However, most people still would have an extended family that would become worried about them after long absences. Similarly, based on the fact that no one came forward to report a family member, friend, roommate, or tenant missing, it could be assumed that she lived a fairly transient lifestyle or was possibly living with a pimp or someone who may have gotten in trouble themselves if they had come forward to report Irvine Jane Doe as missing. While some items are known about her and some assumptions can be made, it is not enough to answer the biggest question we have about her. We don't know her name. We don't know how old she was. We don't know where she is from, if she was local to Orange County, or if she was possibly from out of state or out of the country. We don't know where she had been staying prior to her death. A hotel or motel in the area, a shelter, staying with a friend or with a pimp. We don't know if she had other belongings out there that may have been disposed of in her absence or disposed of by the people who murdered her. Most importantly, we don't currently know who is out there missing her, and that is the purpose of this podcast. My ask for you this week, did you know a black child or young woman who disappeared in the mid to late 2000s, especially one who may have been especially tall for her age? If so, I encourage you to look at the two composite sketches that have been generated of Irvine Jane Doe. Does she look like someone you went to school with? Someone you used to work with? Maybe a neighbor or a long-lost family member that you haven't seen in years? The composite sketches, along with photos of her shoes, can be seen on our Instagram page, at Irvine Jane Doe. Next week, we will be back with the next episode, where we will dig into more of the facts surrounding the death and murder investigation of Irvine Jane Doe, and discuss how two brothers were caught and subsequently charged with her death. <laughs>